Brian Freeman's love of writing psychological suspense came early in life. The combination of a grandmother who loved crime fiction, a tough move to California when he was 10 years old, and an eighth grade composition teacher who let him bypass the lessons and write to his heart's content, set him on the long path to becoming a published author. Brian had just started high school when he completed his first novel, although it would be a few more years and a few more novels before his work would reach a broad audience. As an adult having no success in finding an agent, Brian took a job in marketing and public relations with the law firm of Fagri and Benson in the hopes of making better connections, and that little move paid off. Through a colleague who was introduced to London literary agent Allie Gunn, he passed her the manuscript for his novel Immoral, and she read it and promptly signed him. Now Brian has eight books under his belt, published by St. Martin's, Minotaur Books, and most recently Silver Oak, an imprint of Sterling Publishing. We'll talk to Brian about the process of writing psychological suspense, the importance of the perfect setting, and writing chiclet, as Brian Freeman joins us on the Scripts and Scribes podcast right now. Welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Krista Bean, and today we're welcoming to the show psychological suspense author Brian Freeman. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. I'm happy to be here. So first off, can you define psychological suspense and talk about how it differs from other mystery novels? Sure. I think of psychological suspense as, as really being drama that emerges out of uh, the emotions and, and the secrets and the backgrounds of the characters. Uh, so I, I usually tell people, you know, I don't write sort of forensic drama like, say, uh, you know, a Patricia Cornwell or a CSI where it's really about sort of friction ridges and bone radiography and all that, that scientific stuff. And, and, uh, and even though there are often police investigations in my books, I, I don't really see myself as writing you know, police procedurals the way someone like Michael Connolly does, where it, it really is about kind of the inner workings of, of the, the police force. My books are very character-driven, uh, and, and I bring the reader inside the heads of, of all the different people in the book. So it's not just seen through the eyes of the investigators. It, it's really getting inside the heads of, of uh, the people who do some very bad things, as, as well as uh, the, the victims and the, and the other folks inside the, the novel. So that by the time you reach the end of the book, it, it not only should feel you know, shocking and, and unexpected, uh, but it should also feel like kind of the last piece in the, the psychological puzzle, that you really understand uh, what it was that, that drew these people a, a across some terrible lines. Well, that's really interesting because I feel like there's some people, myself included to, to an extent, um, that will look at certain mystery novels is, let me put it this way, I love character-driven books. And when there's a book that's very, very plot-driven without a lot of character backup to it, I tend to shy away from it simply because it's not generally what, I'm, what I look to read. And obviously there's a huge audience for books like that. But I feel like in a lot of um, mystery, police, crime type things, it is, you know, they are very plot-driven. And to have a book like that with it's still a really great, interesting story, but also to have the characters behind it, I think it's sort of the best of, of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't like to write about 
you know, superheroes and, and supervillains. Uh, I, I want to have these characters feel like, you know, real flawed human people. And, and that's why I want the readers to relate to them because they, they feel like, you know, ordinary individuals, not, you know, people that, that, that you know, have simply come out of the, the, the author's imagination. I, I want the reader to be able to you know, really put themselves in, into the shoes of all of the characters in the book and, and ask, you know, what would I have done if I faced similar circumstances. So you, you might find that um, you, you don't always agree with, uh, with, with what the, the heroes in the book do, and you might feel that they, they make mistakes or make the wrong choices uh, be, because they're real and, and they, don't, uh, they don't always do the right thing. Uh, and, and similarly, uh, you might even find yourself shedding a tear at the end of the book for, for some <laughs> of the people who do some really bad things because you understand what it was about their backgrounds that, that put them in those circumstances. And that's great because I think there's nothing worse than a Mary Sue character or a Gary Stu character. You just want to strangle them because they're just not relatable. They're not interesting. And yeah, I mean, just having having a hero that you constantly question or even having a villain that you sympathize with. It's just I think that's the most fun and interactive sort of reading experience. Yeah, it, it means I think that the, the the story and the characters are going to linger in your mind for a while after you're done, and you're going to kind of keep going back to that story in your head. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So now your newest book is called Spilled Blood. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, Spilled Blood is a, a standalone novel set in uh, southwestern Minnesota, and uh, uh, it's, it's a little different from my my other books to the extent that I, I don't think there's actually a, a police character in the in the entire book. Uh, oh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it, it it focuses on a, a a bitter feud that's been going on between these two rural towns, and uh, uh, the young people in these towns get caught up in this, and uh, it, it starts actually with. Uh, three teenage girls who have this very volatile emotional confrontation in sort of a Depression-era ghost town uh, in southwestern Minnesota. And uh, by the end of uh, that that scene, uh, one of the girls is dead, uh, one has run away, and uh, the other is in prison for murder. And uh, that's when her father uh, comes across the state of Minnesota to this very remote, desolate area uh, to defend his daughter and, and try to find out what really happened that night. And uh, he finds himself getting caught up uh, in this feud, and uh, and he quickly discovers that uh, sort of nothing that uh, he sees about these towns on the uh, on the surface is is really what it seems to be. Well, that sounds really exciting. And, and, and I, I, I have to I have to say I, I I owe sort of an unusual debt on on spilled blood uh, to uh, to Lady Gaga of all people. <laughs> How <laughs> <Because> so? <laughs> I was uh, I was thinking about that opening scene with uh, with these teenage girls in the in the ghost town and and I, I wasn't exactly sure what was going to be going on uh, with them and uh, I was driving around in the car and and uh, Lady Gaga's song Poker Face came on the radio and there's a line in that song uh, Russian roulette is not the same without a gun and I heard that and I thought ah that's what's that's what's going on it's it's Russian roulette <laughs> so that's uh, that that's how it uh, that's how it got started so uh, I, I I have to say thanks to Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. So now you've you've um, published eight books and have written numerous books before that that were not published um, over the course of your life. Um, sure. Do you find that the process gets easier as you start, you know, your ninth or tenth book? Do you sort of feel more comfortable, kind of? going into that process instead of, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I, I wish it, I wish it did. Uh, it's, uh, do do I feel more comfortable going into the process? Sure. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what process I'd like to follow in, in, in putting together, 
uh, a book and the characters. Uh, does it get any easier? Why? You know, it, it really it really does not. Uh, and, and honestly, I think if it, if if you felt uh, that it was getting easier, then then you, you sort of need to reexamine yourself as an author and, and see if you're really bringing the depth that you want. Because uh, you know these are you know, very, very intense emotional books. Uh, and, and that's the way I, I want them to be for the reader. And, and that's the way I experience them as a writer. And so it, it, it takes a lot out of me to, to create these characters and, and, and to, to pull all these threads together. And so it, it, it is a, a very demanding process. It, it's demanding creatively and, and psychologically and emotionally. And, and that really does not change from book to book. I mean, I feel as if it, it's just as, uh, uh, just as much a, a, a crucible that you're going through at, at book nine that it, it would have been on, uh, on book one. Uh, but, um, but, you know, that means you also you, you get that same satisfaction, sense of satisfaction when you reach the end of the book, that, that you really have labored and, and, and put your soul into this product, and, and, and you really feel this, this great sense of accomplishment at the end. But, uh, uh, but, but even so, as long as I've been doing this now, uh, you know, when I, when I get up in the morning, there, there's still just about anything else I'd rather do than, than kind of stare at that blank screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can uh, relate to that. <laughs> so now, how do you how do you go about writing a book like this? Because um, I know whenever I, I think of mysteries, I'm always kind of in awe of of writers that can create an ending that is both you know surprising or you know unexpected, but also makes perfect sense. I'm, right. I'm never quite able to do that. That's a real kind of thing with me when I try to write. Is it it doesn't work. Do you start with the ending and work backwards, or how do you how do these stories come together? Yeah, that 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 really is one of the you know one of the challenges of of the genre is it's it, it's it's actually kind of easy to set up a a mysterious premise, uh, and and you can come up with you know sort of interesting hooks and things to to, to pull people in. But the, the the question is, can you really deliver in 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 the end on on the the premise that you set up, and and if it doesn't, I think then your your reader feels a sense of of disappointment that they were they were led to expect this this you know integrated dramatic climax, and if you if you can't deliver that, then I I think it it harms the overall book. Um, so I, for me, I I really do need to sort of think through the entire uh, concept of the book be, before I get started, and and I I spend you know a lot of weeks sort of filling up uh, yellow pads with with notes about plot ideas and, and characters and, and, you know, what if a character had this kind of background and, and what if something like this happened? And I throw themes onto the pages to think about dealing with, with different aspects of, of you know, the human experience and, and how it might translate into, uh, into one of my books. And, and it, um, in, in the early days, it always seems as if it's never going to come together. And, uh, uh, and then you finally reach a point where the, the threads start fitting together and, and you start to see the big picture of the plot and um, you know the one the one thing that you know I that, that I think helps the, the more books that, that you write in the genre is that you do you know start to look at the book from the the, the perspective of what's really going on in in the, the head of the reader and how are you you know sharing this information to create suspense and and, and drama and excitement uh, and and how do you pull the reader inside the story of the characters and and I'm really thinking about how all of these dependencies in, in the plot and the characters work and usually you, you start thinking about one aspect of it and and uh, it, it creates questions well if that's what's happening then why did this happen or what was this person doing and and, and the more questions you ask the more you sort of develop more questions that that all fit together and and uh, so you have to 
you know, you sort of have to break it a lot of times uh, and then put it back together again uh, before the plot uh, really starts to, uh, you sort of answered all the questions and everything holds together. So it's, it's usually, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's probably two or three months of, of spending a lot of time uh, uh, just, uh, you, know, you know, lying on the sofa with your eyes closed and, uh, and, 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 and arguing to my wife that I'm really not sleeping. I'm, I'm actually working hard here. So. I'm thinking, I'm working. Yeah. So do you find, because um, I imagine, you know, in writing a, a mysteries, you know, everything has to tie together, the clues tie together, like everything has to, you know, fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. Um, right. But at the same time, you have to maintain a very brisk pace. Do you yeah. find that when you're when you're writing, um, it's it's hard to sort of deviate from what you've come up with as far in in your pre-planning? Like think, you know, oh, it'd be more interesting if this happened, but I need to stick, you know, stick with the framework so the puzzle fits together. Is that ever an issue? Um, I think less so for me, only because it, it, it's sort of two layers. The first thing I have to do is is figure out. The backstory. So I really need to think about kind of who did what to whom and why. I mean, what was it that happened behind the scenes that created all of this 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 tension and drama that's going to be unfolded in the story? So what what will often change as I'm going through and actually drafting the book is how I actually reveal that backstory to the reader, and that may evolve in the course of of actually writing the manuscript. the The backstory itself does not tend to change a lot, but but how I actually reveal that information to the reader may evolve as I, as I uh, put all the words on paper. And it may simply feel better to, to go in a particular direction at a different time in the book. And, and the characters may sort of uh, uh, kind of take over a little bit and, and guide you in a different direction. And, and usually I found that uh, you kind of have to listen to the characters and, and let them yeah. take you where they, they want to go. Because there, there, there have been times where I've tried to um, kind of steer them back uh, to my original plan, and uh, you, usually I find they're they're kind of way ahead of me, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I usually realize they're right, and and uh, and and I need to kind of modify what I was thinking to uh, to to fit what uh, what what they want me to do. They're living that story. So they That's know. right, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm just the outsider here. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now, what about what, what what do you do in the way of research? I know you said there's not not so much uh, forensics and and police work and all of that in your stories, but do you do sure. Do you research for that? Yeah, I mean, there's you know there, there's always you know questions that come up uh, on, on on kind of you know little details uh, whether it's connected to you know police investigations or legal issues or things like that and and one of the good things is uh, the the more books you write the more I, I hear from readers that have kind of specialized uh, areas of expertise and and they're always able to you know to provide help so. Uh, uh, one of the county attorneys in, in Minnesota is a big fan of the books. And uh, huh. before I wrote Spilled Blood, I uh, went up and had lunch with him and, and kind of laid out some of the scenarios and talked about some of the legal issues that would be involved in, in, in you know, and, and a, a young person, you know, being arrested for a crime and how does that change the legal process. And um, uh, I just wrapped up my, my new Jonathan Stride novel uh, set in Duluth. And uh, uh, when I was doing the research for that, I, I went up to Duluth and uh, one of the uh, the sergeants on the police force up there is a, is a big fan, and, and he was kind enough to take me on a ride along all day and uh, answer a lot of questions uh, and, and take me to some different areas of the city, and, uh, and, and that helped a lot as well. So, you know, so I, I, I'm able to get a lot of questions answered that way, and uh, and then a lot of what I do in terms of research is really connected to the the, the, the scenes of the book, and, and so I kind of go out and scout locations for the books. 
um, the way a film director might, uh, to, to really just match up the, 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 the essence of what's going on in a chapter with, with the best place to have that chapter set, because I want uh-huh. the location to serve as, as sort of a, a symbolic reinforcement of, of what's happening uh, in that chapter, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's indoors or outdoors, and a, and a lot of my books take place in, in, in a lot of outdoor settings, um, and yet I'm always looking to, to match up the, the, the chapter to the, to the, to, to the setting. Uh, so, for example, in my fourth book, uh, In the Dark, uh, there's a very difficult emotional chapter between uh, Jonathan Stride and, uh, and, and uh, one of the other ser- series characters, Serena Dial, and, and they're involved in a relationship, and, and it's being uh, strained by things that have happened in Stride's past when he lost his first wife. And, uh, and so I, I chose to set that chapter in the attic of the cottage where Stride lives, and it's an unfinished attic with, with a lot of dust and spider webs and, and nails coming down from the ceiling beams and uh, it, it, it's that sort of claustrophobic and, and atmosphere with a lot of sharp edges that, that reflects the nature of what's going on in their relationship, which similarly feels you know, claustrophobic and, and sharp right now. And, and so that's the way I try to, to match up the, the location to the, to, to, the, to the action and the characters of the book. And that means going out and spending a lot of time in the, in the places where the, the book is set to try to find just that right match. Right. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic, the sort of thought that's put into into scenes like that. And it sort of leads a little bit into my next question. Um, if you could talk a little bit about the use of setting in your books, um, most of them take place in Minnesota, where you're from. Um, how does that, I mean, you know, I know a lot of writers do that, writing about where, where they're from, but um, how, what is the, is the state of Minnesota a character in your books? I'll put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, and and uh, and and I don't always uh, I don't always set the books there. Most of them have been set in in the Upper Midwest, and and you know I really like the the drama of of Minnesota in the Midwest because I think that extreme settings tend to enrich drama, and and you know Minnesota is a, a pretty extreme place. You've you've got a lot of uh, particularly during the winter, uh, you, you have a lot of you know bitter temperatures, and and you've got a very remote environment uh you know Duluth for example is is kind of the last city before you get to the uh, the Canadian wilderness and and you've mm-hmm. got the great lake right next to the city and and um it's got a very uh, it's got a very interesting sense of faded glory about um, about Duluth because it's it's a town that used to have a just sort of a a river of wealth flowing through the city from from mining and and shipping and a lot of that has bled away over the over the decades and uh, it it means you know you travel around the city and you see these old Victorian homes and there's always these kind of echoes of of the the, the wealthy past in the city and and I think that sense of 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 a little bit of tragedy in in the background of the city is is you know a nice overlay to the sort of of uh, uh, emotional uh, tragedies that you find in my stories so I'm, I'm I'm always looking to match up the, the you know the setting and, and the story, and, and I think the Midwest has worked uh, really well for that. Um, but you know, then again, uh, my second book, Stripped, was set in uh, in Las Vegas, and um, that was uh, that was a lot of fun because you know Las Vegas is sort of extreme uh, on, on, <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum from uh, from Duluth, and yeah, uh, pretty uh, much and then every my, way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then uh, in my my next book that I'm I'm just starting in on now. Uh, I'm taking a character from uh, from my last book, The Bone House, and and he's going to be at the center of this new book. And he's down in Florida, and so the the, the whole next book is going to be set down in uh, in Florida. And I'll be heading down there next month to to scout locales uh, for that book. Uh, but that'll be kind of an interesting challenge for me because again, I'm used to this 
you know, very, you know, dark, extreme setting up in Minnesota. And uh, what you tend to find in Florida is a lot of authors that are, are a little funnier and a little quirkier. I don't know what it is about the, the Florida setting, but you get uh, authors that are, are uh, a little lighter in tone than, uh, than some of my books are. But So we'll see if I can find some, some dark corners of the, the Florida landscape. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> So now your first uh, five books focused on the character of uh, Jonathan Stride. And then with your sixth and seventh books, you moved away from him. Um, right. What was that like? I mean, do you, you feel like you're sort of writing without an old friend by your side? If you, to, it, uh, Yeah, it, it, it is. It is quite a bit different writing standalones from, from writing the series books. Uh, and, and the, you know, the thing about the, the standalones is it, in some ways it's harder because it means all of the characters in, in the book are new and you're getting to know all of them from page one. Uh, when I'm writing a stride novel, you know, stride and, and Serena and Maggie, the series characters are, are so close to me that, that I, and I know them so well that, um, they're, they're, they're sort of a, a clear presence in, in my head uh, right from the get-go, whereas when you're doing a standalone, you really have to get to know every single character in the book. Um, you know, at the same time, you sort of feel like all of the intensity that's happening is happening within the pages of that particular novel, and, and uh, that's uh, an interesting challenge for the writer is, is you're fitting everything within the covers of, of that particular book. Uh, whereas when I, I, you know, I just went back and, and wrote the new Stride novel, uh, that was the last one I did, so that'll be out next year. And, and yeah, it was kind of like meeting old friends again. And, and it also <laughs> felt like um, uh, it felt like I was writing uh, another chapter in a much longer novel because uh, you, you know that these characters uh, are, are, are going to continue to live beyond the pages of that book and, and they've had a life uh, preceding that novel as well, so you're you're sort of uh, in the midst of a uh, of a much longer story. Uh, whereas with standalones, uh, there's almost a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of, of sadness when you get to the end of, of a book like Spilled Blood for for me as the writer, because uh, you realize that that you're 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 you've told the story of those characters, and and you're not going to be meeting those characters generally again. And mm. uh, so you sort of have to say goodbye to them at the end of the book, and that's actually. Uh, uh, that's actually hard to do. So, um, so it was, it was actually kind of nice now that I'm going to be bringing Cab Bolton from the Bone House back in, in my next book because I feel like I've, I've been able to take a standalone now and actually go back and, uh, and uh, uh, revisit uh, one of the important characters from that book. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, and then you can just uh, – did you ever feel um, the first time you began writing um, when, when it was not about Jonathan Stride, did you ever feel like you're, you were falling back into his voice again or – you know what I'm yeah, saying? that's a that's a good question. I I don't really think so, um, and and partly because even if I'm not writing about Stride, uh, it, it's not like he's not there in my head. I mean, he's mm-hmm. always kind of you know at my side, kind of poking me about when he's going to get back on stage. So I I know that I'm going back to Stride. So. Uh, I, I don't have the feeling like I, I need to in, include a little bit of him in 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 the book. So uh, and and really one of the the fun things for the writer is to uh, to explore different characters and and to um, you know kind of take give give them life. Uh, so uh, so I uh, you know I love writing the stride novels, but it's uh, it 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 was uh, fun for a couple books to to do something uh, uh, very different as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now. Uh, you and I actually met at the uh, ALA conference a few weeks ago, yeah. and um, you were at the uh, Sterling Publishing booth. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about Sterling Publishing and how you got hooked up with them? Yeah, they're they're my my new publisher. My my first uh, six books were with St. Martin's, and then uh, I've uh, I've switched now. 
uh, over to Sterling as, uh, as my new U.S. publisher. And actually what's nice about that is, is Sterling has an affiliation with uh, my U.K. publisher, Quirkus. And so uh, my U.K. And, and U.S. publishing strategies are, are sort of synchronized now, which is nice. It means that uh, the U.S. and U.K. are, are pursuing similar strategies and, and they're, they're, they're working you know, kind of in partnership on, on marketing issues. And, and I think it really helps you know, kind of maximize the, 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 the impact you have on both sides of the pond when your, your two primary English language publishers are, are, are working together on the project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, and I think uh, a lot of people probably don't have that sort of situation, so that's really yeah, beneficial. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, it, it, it means that, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really thinking about the project jointly and, and they're thinking about how they can help reinforce each other's efforts. Right, right. So now I have to ask, who is Allie O'Brien? <laughs> <laughs> Allie O'Brien, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I have uh, I have seven books out under my name, and and then I have this this uh, this this quirky little side uh, side project uh, under the name Allie O'Brien. Uh, I have another book out. It's called The Agency, and uh, it is uh, it, it's uh, was a project I worked on uh, with uh, in collaboration with my agent in London and. Uh, uh, she's Allie and I'm Brian, so we had a little fun with our names. The, uh, <laughs> but we we figured we needed to use a pseudonym because the agency is is absolutely nothing like my uh, my you know dark emotionally intense suspense novels. Uh, the agency is sort of it's kind of Sex in the City meets The Devil Wears Prada, and it's uh, uh, it, it's female first person narrator. It, it's set in the publishing industry in in London and New York, and and. Uh, it was, you know, it was a hoot to write, and, and I, I hope it's a hoot to read. It was just a, a lot of fun pulling together something uh, so very different. And how, what's the, how is it different writing? I mean, obviously, psychological thrillers and chiclet are very different genres. Um, <laughs> what is it like to sort of go from one to the other? Well, yeah, it it uh, well, it was uh, it was particularly hard in the beginning because I was I was writing my fourth novel in the dark at the same time, and for a while I was I was like taking a week on one book and and taking a week on the next book, and and I, I finally talked to Allie and I said, you know, I, I think I'm I'm, I'm going to wind up schizophrenic if I keep doing this because uh, I was afraid that in the dark was going to start getting kind of wacky and and the agency was going to get uh, you know very dark and emotional, and uh, so I I finally decided I'd finish one book and and then move to the uh, and and move to the other. Uh, but uh, um, you know, it, it is it is very different uh, because the agency is really it's, it's more really like writing humor. It's uh, it, it's um, you know sexy and sassy and sarcastic and snarky, and um, uh, it's um, it's a very different kind of experience. And yet, it's it's it has its own unique challenges uh, because writing humor, you're really conscious of the timing of, of how the reader's experiencing each line and, and how do you sort of, you know, maximize the, uh, maximize the, 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 the impact of jokes. So it's, uh, um, it's, uh, it, it's a very fun uh, process to do something so different, but uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, it feels because it's such a different kind of thing and it's so much lighter, it feels like it should, you know, just flow real naturally and, and, uh, and it should be an easier thing to write. But um, uh, I, I thought it was just as hard, just in a, in a very different kind of way. Yeah, you always think because comedy and things like that are so lighthearted, you think, oh, anybody could do that. It's you know, it's it's so simple, and then you actually try to do it, and it's like, oh, this is actually. Very- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely has its own. It, it definitely has its own very unique challenges. And do you have any uh, favorite chiclet authors of your own? <laughs> 
Huh, yeah, not 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 really my genre, I will say. Uh uh yeah, I I think I'm going to I think I'm going to uh, pass on that question. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're very active in um book clubs and there's actually a whole section on your website um talking about book clubs and with with uh which I think is great um lists of uh, discussion questions for each of your books. Sure. Um why do you find book clubs so important? Well, it's you know for a couple for a couple reasons. I mean, one is is um, uh, it, it really it, it's it's just a lot of fun to hear how people react to different aspects of of the story and the characters, and and I really learn a lot um, from from readers about how readers react and and what are the how are the, how do they interpret certain characters and and how do they react to certain elements of of the plot, and and it teaches me a lot about. The, the the reader's experience uh, and uh, and and that helps me when I'm I'm constructing the book because I mean ultimately for me this is about you know creating an experience for the readers and and I want it to be, to be the most satisfying uh, experience possible so I I learn a lot listening to to people in the book clubs and and how they respond to to different aspects of uh, of the books and uh, you know and it's 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 just it's always fascinating for me because in, invariably. You know, they will ask me questions that I hadn't thought about, and uh, uh, they will have you know reactions uh, to to people that that you know weren't necessarily what I was was thinking about. Uh, it, huh. It's just it, it's always fascinating to see uh, how people's own personal experiences shape how they read and and respond to uh, to to what you've written. Uh, and so, for example, uh, um, one of the most fascinating book clubs I've ever done was uh, I went down to the um, uh, the women's correctional facility in, in Minnesota in, in a town called Shakopee. And, and I uh, actually um, met with their prison book club. And, uh, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, I got a uh, better question from, uh, from those female inmates than uh, just about any other book club I've ever <laughs> visited because they had a very unique perspective on, uh, uh, on some of the things that the characters in the books did. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think that's a great education for writers to hear from people that, you know, of all different walks of life because, like you yep. said, everybody's coming at it from a different, uh, different history, different perspective, different angle. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. I think that's something that more writers should do is just really get in there with with the book clubs and listen to what people have to say. I mean, I know a lot. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, it re- it really is about uh, it, it, it. I think it really is about the reader's experience, and that's part of it. And and you know, a lot of writers. Don't feel that way. I mean, a lot of literary writers don't don't approach it from that perspective. Uh, I remember a wonderful story that uh, uh, that Ken Follett told uh, about um, uh, he was he was uh, at a party and he was chatting with uh, one of um, Britain's most uh, best known uh, literary novelists and uh, and Ken asked uh, asked him if uh, if he ever thought about uh, the um, you know the the reader when he was writing the book and uh, and the the, uh, the author said, oh no, I would. I would never do something like that. And, <laughs> and Ken said, "Well, that's why that's why you're such a great uh, a great author." And he said, "And and that's why I'm such a rich author." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it, it is kind of unfortunate that it's sort of sometimes it's kind of one or the other. It's you know. Well, you know, again, I, I if 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 you're only writing for yourself, you can you can write whatever you want. But I mean, ultimately, you're you're writing. To, to influence uh, readers and, and, and to, to, to shape 
you know, how they think about uh, not only the, the stories and the characters, but about themselves. And, and so I think that, you know, that means you're, you're thinking about how is this going to, you know, how is this going to take place in, inside the head of, of someone else, not just mm-hmm. yourself. And, and I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy book clubs is, is that it gives me a chance to get inside the heads of the readers. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you, you've touched on it just a little bit before, um, but what's, what's coming up next for you? What can we expect? Yeah, uh, you know, Spill Blood is out uh, is out right now, and then uh, next uh, next spring my uh, uh, eighth novel will be out, and that's going to be the new Stride novel set back uh, up in Duluth. So uh, I uh, I've been hearing from a lot of readers. They uh, you know I, they, they they were willing to grant me a couple standalones, but you know now the the emails have been getting kind of kind of terse. You know where is when is Stride coming back? And uh, so uh, I've been able to say, yep, yep, don't don't worry, Stride will be back next year, and. Uh, uh, and and then I'm just in the early stages right now of, of starting in on uh, on the new uh, Cab Bolton novel, and he was the, mm. one of the principal characters in in my sixth book, uh, The Bone House. So uh, he'll be back. He'll be in in that novel, which will be set down in in Florida. And uh, so um, I'll be spending uh, most of the next year putting that novel together. Great. Well, good luck with all of that. Thank you. So we're going to do, um, we're almost out of time, but we're going to do a little segment we do at the end here called Rapid Fire. And these are just okay. five either or questions. And you just choose, right. choose whichever one you prefer. Okay. Um, Murder, She Wrote, or CSI? CSI. St. Paul or Minneapolis? Oh, oh boy, that's going to get me into trouble. <laughs> mm. I, 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 I just have to say St. Paul, though. Oh, okay. Um, it's the Mall of America, the theme park or the aquarium? <laughs> uh, the aquarium. Um, better musician, Yanni or Prince? <laughs> uh, I, I I better go with Prince too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, better chiclet series, Bridget Jones or the Shopaholic series? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. I, you know, I was going to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I'll I think I'll go with Bridget on that one. Ah. The, the pioneer of the chiclet center. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And you can find information on all of Brian's books on his website at bfreemanbooks.com. And if you have any questions on the craft or business of writing, send us an email to ask at scriptsandscribes.com or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there, just at scriptscribes. Thanks for listening. 